Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11. We're going back-to-back, second part of the day. Andy Cowan and I go over the small school HSR finals. Let's hit it. Second pod of the day, Colin Altavote and Andy Cowan, CA and AC. Andy is the coach at Garen Catholic. So we're out here, Andy. We're on these streets. We are. We're in Hamilton County. The street, we are both in Hamilton County. Undisclosed location in Hamilton County. Two undisclosed locations. We do this via Zoom. Um, you were at the small school meet yesterday. I was not there, but I was getting updates. So we're going to talk about it. Of course, I was getting updates from you. So I don't know if this is redundant, having both of us on it. Um, we're going to go through each individual winner and then talk about the relays and the team implications for this HSR small school, starting with the girls, the winner in the shot, a junior from Burbuff. So Burbuff had two individual winners, uh, Savannah Neesmith, 38, eight and a half of an inch. And on the boys' side, very competitive. Two boys over 60 feet. The winner, I've seen him in person this year. Luke Himes, a sophomore from Heritage Christian, 63, six and three quarters. That's a new sophomore class record. And then the well-named Colin Wilson, a junior from Hamilton Heights, 62, eight and a half. Was there, you're a distance guy. You're watching the, uh, you're watching the track races, man. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a buzz about the shot, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd say anytime you hear about someone throwing over 60 feet, uh, it's really impressive. And especially as an underclassman, typically maybe an event dominated by upperclassmen, boys uh, and girls. Yeah, I think so, we've talked about this in the past, too, that like it's hard. Any event is hard to for a freshman or a sophomore to be good. But shot put seems like it might be the most difficult for a boy to come in and be that good. I mean, Himes now, I think that's the second best throw in the state. 63-6 is, is going to win more times than it's not. He just happens to coincide two years of high school with the best shot putter in state history. And maybe two years from now, Himes is where Tucker Smith is now. Right, right. Yeah, I'd be interested to I – I guess Tucker wouldn't have had – that track season his sophomore year so we wouldn't know exactly where he was at that point. yeah I think he we'd have to look it up um we didn't look up big school shot putters before this but he I think he went to like one of those random like meets where they're like hey we're gonna let 60 people into the stadium and like warm up and like do your event and your mask if you can he went to one of those I think and set a sophomore class record maybe um but I, I don't know what that is but well I do know this Himes's throw is the new sophomore class record. So Himes as a sophomore is ahead of Tucker Smith, whether he uh, threw or not that that year. Um, and I think he was right at his, his freshman marks as well. And, and Tucker Smith was, um, <coughs> excuse me, was the state runner up his freshman year. Yeah, it looks year like before the shutdown. From, from limited results, Tucker threw 60 feet, three and a half inches in a meet in March, kind of right before the season got shut down, may have participated in another meet later on, but that, that possibly was his best throw as a sophomore. So, so. we don't, and we don't know how he, 
might have progressed right with normal season, whatever, but Himes is three and a half feet ahead of that, that we might see our first 70 foot shot putter this spring, but maybe we're only two years away from seeing our, our second. Uh, on the girls' side for the long jump, uh, Kaya Crook, the freshman from Heritage Christian, 17 feet, nine and a half of an inch, and she was busy. We think we might have seen her in five events. Four, four or five, right? Yeah, I believe she was in four events, three individual and a relay. I think she was listed in five, only ended up participating in four, but uh, she was the I guess the star uh of the small school meet probably I'm assuming she was the highest point scorer with I guess if you divide up the relay points I think she probably accounted for 33 points on yesterday on Saturday with the she relay was, points divided that's yeah well she won we'll, two two individual events was second in another and was on a winning uh four by two relay I believe and we'll get into the team implications a little bit later, but uh, her points, her uh, performance was very, very valuable to her school. On the boys' side, Terrell Caldwell from Calumet, 21, 11 and half of an inch. That would have been very competitive as well. On the boys' side, I, I believe the winner was right at 22 feet. Going through the field events here, the HSR, the small schools. Girls high jump, who else could it be? Kaya Crook, Heritage Christian freshman. She cleared five feet, six inches. She won by she won by three inches in the high jump, which is pretty substantial. Busy day. Busy day for her. She's, I believe her best is five nine. Um, on March 5th, she jumped five nine. So who knows? You know, maybe if if she would have kept going on Saturday, maybe she was after she kind of had solidified the victory, probably was moving on to the next event. Yeah, that, that makes sense if she's, you're going to be as busy as she was. On the boys' high jump, Caden Collins, a sophomore from Danville, cleared six feet and eight inches. And the last field event was the pole vault. Bar Reeves, Abby Bellinger, 10 feet, nine inches there. And this is a familiar last name for uh, those who follow distance running. A junior from West Lafayette, 14 feet even, Wyatt Curl. That's got to be Mitchell Curl's brother, right? Mitchell was like a, like a star 400 and 800 runner for West Lafayette. I think he was on maybe two of their state championship, four by eights, at least one. You would think, likely likely a, a sibling there, yeah. Yeah, very athletic family to have. A pole vault star and an 800 star. Individually on the track, there are three individual events at this meet. There's the 60 hurdles, 60 dash, and 3,200. Did you, did you know there used to be when they first started this, they didn't have the DMR and they had the 1,600? You might have the been only, in high school when that happened. The only, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea when that would have been before, I guess, I was in high school. But the only reason why I knew that was because I was looking at the small school, big school records, especially after hearing a lot of buzz about how many big school records could potentially go down in this meet. And a and few did. of them did. Uh, I saw the 1600 was one of the uh, events listed. And if you look at like, they have the performance lists. And if you look at those lists, if you don't look specifically at 
small school or big school, there's one that's like all of Indiana and the 1600 is listed on there. But so few meets actually had, like some meets had the 1600, like, like an open event or whatever. There are a few of them. That, and so those are actually listed, they're ranked on there. There's not a ton of people because it's, it's not so widely contested. In the uh, girls track events, 60 meter hurdles, Rachel Maringer of Forest Park, 890 was the winner. And the boys side, Gus Martinez from Bluffton, it's up in the Northeast, won an 856 and Dominic Lawrence also an 856. He's a junior from Lakeland. So they would have gone to the, to the thousandth. Do you remember seeing that? Like how long were they staring up at the board to see who won? I wish I could tell you uh, that I was paying attention to some of those uh, shorter track events, but kind of in between all the chaos uh, of getting the meet going, we actually had a little bit of a bus mishap on Saturday morning. We were supposed to have a bus. Uh, oh, that's right. They take a team up. bus down to the meet at uh, IU on Saturday morning and ended up getting canceled uh, last minute. So amongst so you that. Were, you were really out there on those streets for a while. Yeah, that's right. Ended up, everyone ended up making it safely to the meet uh, in plenty of time. Um, but I was pretty focused on, you know, making sure the distance uh, runners from Garen were ready to, you know, warm up, get into the start line on time and everything. It was, it was pretty exciting to see, even for the small schools, uh, how packed uh, yeah. it was indoors. I mean, there was, and especially yeah, you, with, by the time the big school me was getting ready to start. So it was definitely chaotic. We had a lot of and we also had a lot of uh, athletes who had never participated in, in this meet before since it hadn't happened since 2019. So pretty much every distance runner on our team was was new to this meet. So that was both exciting, but also um, a lot of nerves from from those athletes uh, as well. And the track's different, right? It's the only bank track. So that's that's totally different. And uh, once they shoot the gun off, it's about the same. But yep. Uh, another individual event from Charlestown, a sophomore, a lot of young champions on the, at the small school meet, 764 for Lyric Steele, and then second, Kaya Crook, the freshman from Heritage Christian. So she was first in the long jump, first in the high jump, and second in the 60. Uh, on the boys' side, Josiah Rogers from Park Tudor, 694 to win. And Kamari Robinson, a senior from Cardinal Ritter in 703. And I think that's, he's qualified for some state meets in the past. So a lot of firepower up front in the sprints. I will be very interested to see what Kaya Crook can do out, outdoors, right? I mean, she'd probably be 100 high jump, long jump, and then one relay. Yeah, a lot of options for her. And especially as a freshman too, I wonder how, you know, what they'll decide to have her focus on or if she'll just continue to do pretty much as many events as possible. I mean, she's already uh, making a name for herself. I mean, she definitely was a star athlete in middle school. So there were a lot of people in the area that knew about her, but um, she'd already making a name for herself uh, early on before the, a lot of teams have had their first outdoor meet. In the 3,200 Kendall Martin from Burbuff, multiple time All-Stater, uh, she's going to Oregon, right, in the, in the fall. She ran 10.54. And then the Jet, Bridget Gallagher, a junior from Garen. We, we were out there. We were on these streets. 
10.58, so two under 11 minutes um, on the girls. For the boys, it was a, a Burbuff sweep um, among the champions. Kendall Martin won for the girls. Ezra Barella Jr. from Burbuff, 9.17. Spencer Wolf, Forest Park's got a lot of stars. Rachel Maringer, um, and then Spencer Wolf, 9.20 for Spencer. And then Burbuff went, we'll get into the team implications later, but Burbuff with the one, three, four, five finish. What, uh, what stuck out to you about the, the girls 3,200? Well, girls 3,200 was, uh, was a, a, some might say exciting race. Others would not because there wasn't a lot of, uh, uh, movement. Kendall led the whole race, uh, from the beginning and, uh, she was a metronome out there. Uh, after the first couple laps settled in, she probably clicked off six, seven, eight, 41 second laps in a row. And I, I think uh, Bridget and Audrey uh, Noper from Western Boone, who's been going to Georgia next year, uh, those three girls ended up running a pretty good time. I know Kendall's ran faster, but I think that may, it definitely was a PR for Bridget uh, getting under 11 for the first time. And uh, I think it was as well for, for Audrey Noper from Western Boone. So yeah, I think I she wasn't qualified sure. at like 1140. So she took a lot of time off. Yeah. Yeah. She ran really well. I mean, she's definitely a, had a lot of successful races in high school. Um, but I wasn't sure how fast the race would go out with knowing that uh, probably quite a few athletes in the 32 would come back in the, in some of the re relays later on in the meet. But it ended up being a pretty honest paced up up front from the beginning, a lot thanks to to Kendall just kind of deciding to take it on and and run hard from the front the whole way. So she ended up separating within the last couple laps and um, and and getting some some uh, big points for Burbuff as well as um, one of their freshmen Emily Gar Garden Garden was uh, fourth in the thirty two as well. So they picked up a lot of a lot of team points in that event starting off the, the meet strong. Yeah, this was, this was Burbuff's event. So they go one, four on the girls side and one, three, four, five on the boys side. Did the, was the boys a sit and kick or did it go out pretty even? I think it was pretty even overall. We had a couple athletes running that um, I was kind of paying a little bit more attention to, but I, I want to say that it went out in uh, around 440 or so. Yeah. So I think it was pretty steady up front. Ezra uh, Burrell was leading for a while, and uh, as well as Spencer Wolf uh, from Forest Park led a lot of the way too. Um, Krishna kind of started in the back, worked his way up, and caught. And it was a group of three kind of towards the end, and and then um, Ezra broke away. Krishna kind of followed in tow, and then in the last, uh, I'm not, I'm not even sure if he he really knew he was quite coming up at the end there, but. Uh, Spencer Wolf ended up kind of out leaning Krishna right at the line. Uh, and then there was some separation uh, to, to um, Stevens and, and Mateo. Both of them came in four or five for Brabuff. So <laughs> not surprised for anyone that kind of follows closely along with cross country that um, Brabuff is really strong on the distance side after winning the state meet this year in cross country. But they definitely showed that in the 32 on both the girls' side and then the boys' side as well with, you know, four guys around a 935, and they have another boy on their team that can can run that as well. So uh, really strong. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do outdoors uh, with some of those guys and in different events and whether they run a 4 by 8 ever or not or um, 
a lot of those boys are really talented and capable of running well in in any of the distance events. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they decide to do and how well those guys can run uh, towards the end of the year. And you're, you're my contact on a lot of this because you're pretty plugged in with a lot of different teams. And actually a lot of the guys you went to high school with, you went to Carmel and a lot of those guys coach at various places around the state. So the top four guys in that race and, and Scott Litzkin and I are going to do like a distance focus pod. This is just about the small schools. Um, so we're going to do that later this week. Burrell, Wolf, Krishna, Rocio, they all qualified last year in an individual event, and then they're all back this year. And, you know, Burrell and Rocio are, are juniors, so they still have next year. Do you think Burrell scored in the 1600? Do you think that's what he'll do again this year? Any ideas or any, any just kind of guesses? Yeah, I, I think it's likely just because. I mean, he, he could, I think he could run anything, any of those distance events, but I think it's likely. And part of that is maybe because the 16 right now is probably his best event. I don't know if he thinks that or not, but at least it seems that way so far, he's definitely good at everything, but it also, I think kind of frees up room for those other guys potentially to run the 32. I know, I I think most people would say that's Krishna's, you know, kind of premier event, especially after running 908. Uh, recently indoors and scoring in the state mean in the 32 last year and then I know Mateo as a young you know as a sophomore maybe surprised some people by qualifying for state I think he finished or ended up running under 930 towards the end of the year and Colin Stevens has ran close to 930 multiple times so um, I'm guessing they'll be there uh, on April 22nd yeah, um, to maybe even try to have you know that three participant standard is something yeah, that comes to mind if there's a good weather day. Um, last year, I know they, I think they had five at 935 or so or faster, but I think they could try to have multiple guys try to hit that standard. And that way they could have the option of running more than just two in the 3,200 in the tournament, if that's the way they wanted to go. Yeah. So it's, um, it's 917 or 918. It's like 917 higher, 918. And that's been pretty consistent the last three years we've had a state track meet that it's been like either 917 or 918 and so you know Ezra can run under the standard in fact he did already Krishna has already now I don't know exactly how the IHSA counts right the indoors I I think they will count those times because it's it's a verified distance uh and then Rocio 927 can he run 10 seconds faster against great competition on hopefully a nice day, April 22nd at Carmel High School, you know, Stevens 933 and also how, how hard do they run, right? I mean, that 927 or 933, they, they may not have been pushing it all the way to the line, knowing they were going to come back and run and run another, run another event later. So, I mean, Burbuff could have, you can only run three though. So that, that is, that is the rule. So even if you have four with the time, they can't all run it. Um, But it seems like could be Krishna, could be, Mateo could be Stevens. Ezra may run the 1600, but if those three guys get the the state standard in the 3200, I would I would be willing to bet if we're talking about it the day after this that they've talked about it, they've broached this subject, and they've they practiced it with their coach or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting to see. HSR stands for what? Hoosier State Relays. Relays. We're going to talk about the relays after the break. 
Are you dealing with a running injury or in need of some treatment? Contact Jacob at Tempo Sports Rehab, conveniently located off of the Monon in the city center of Carmel, Indiana. Find out more information at temposportsrehab.com. We're back. Okay, we're going to go through the relays, and we're going to start off in a way that uh, it's good for us as, as Garen, us being Garen, because we're out here, Andy. We're in these streets. <laughs> in the girls' 4 by 8 in 10.03, it was the Golden Eagles, the team of Barrett, Wozniak, Morrow, and Gallagher. Concordia was second in 10.08. And West Lafayette was third in 10-11. Is that the order that you ran? Barrett, Wozniak, Morrow, and Gallagher did, did Bridget anchor? She did. Yeah. Yeah. Did we you, were uh, just trying to do you remember the splits? Her. Yeah. Uh 228 was our leadoff. Uh 238, 237, and then uh 218. Ooh, 218 after the 3200. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like maybe I mean, an hour I, between. Yeah, she ended up getting probably an hour, hour 15. I thought she might only get about 45 minutes, but uh, we were a little bit worried about that turnaround. She hadn't doubled in any meets um, yet this year in indoors. She had just come back from an um, unfortunate injury in cross country that kept her out for pretty much the whole season. And so we decided um, to have her do that double mostly because we – thought that the girls four by eight had a shot to win and, and uh, right. Garen had never had a, a girls individual or, t- or relay team uh, win at the HSR meet before. So thought it would be an awesome opportunity for those girls to get a chance to try and win a relay. And so we had her come back in the, in the four by four by eight and knew it may cost her a couple seconds on her, her leg, but um, she, she ended up uh, running better than I thought. Uh, she would, which, which was awesome, um, to see, to see that happen. So definitely a cool moment for them. They were excited about it. So, yeah, I mean, two, eight and two eighteen is hammering. Yeah, she, she, uh, there was a pretty big gap, um, opened up after the third leg. So when she got the baton, uh, she definitely was not thinking she was just trying to catch. So I'm pretty sure I didn't, I didn't even want to know. I, I said, to um, someone, I said, don't even tell me, I don't even want to know what her first 200 was. It was a 30. Um, so she went out in, I think 63 high or something. So it was a little crazy. Um, uh, but she, yeah, 218, that's the fastest she's ever ran. Right. Um, well, and you're a good distance runner. You can, you can afford to make some of those mistakes. You can kind yeah. of get, you can kind of get through it a little bit. And obviously she's, I mean, she's one of the best distance runners in the state she's 15th what two two years ago the state meeting cross country yeah yeah it was it was cool to see so definitely uh an exciting i guess we had four distance relays on saturday yesterday and that was the first one of the day so that kind of got some momentum going too after her 32 and then just seeing those girls those four girls battle it out uh, against some some other good teams it was a pretty pretty close race um up front kind of back and forth um with some of those other schools so it was yeah great start to the to the relays on the boys side in the four bite not the result maybe that we would want we being garen because we're out (laughs) we're in these streets 
Concordia 818 and then Garen 819, Chatard 828. Uh, sounds like from my source at the meet, which was you, that Concordia used the Ken Browner strategy of putting their best guy early and just having a clear, cl clean air, clear track, right? Yeah, I, I'm not sure what all their splits were. I think uh, Connolly was leading off for them. Uh, and he definitely had a, a pretty dis decent lead on the leadoff. I know we were up towards the front and had a 203 leadoff, so I'm assuming he was maybe 158, 159. Not, not sure exactly, but uh, Concordia on the, in that boys' relay yesterday, were, they were kind of the, the class of the field, I would say, and I, I kind of thought that maybe going in, but um, 8, 820 was kind of the time that I thought, that the Garen boys could run if they and you, you know, were wrong. progressed was... throughout the weeks leading up to HSR. Well, that's the time you said too as yeah, well. Well, right, we were both at 820 eight, uh, after eight, they ran 45, so, uh, I, I was really happy about that. They they were they all ran hard as hard as they could and raced well uh, as a group. They were kind of more battling for second, I'd say, than first. Even though ended up almost catching Concordia, but it was kind of a battle with with Chatard, the Chatard boys who, who showed up, we uh, are kind of conference rivals a little bit. So it's exciting to see them. They've got some younger guys on their team. Those guys are getting good. So it's exciting to watch them run well. Um, and they were battling with us and we did end up, you know, getting close to catching Concordia, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm, I'm not in their, in their huddle or team meetings or anything. Um, but I have a lot of respect for them and I'm pretty sure that they, you know, they were thinking about the DMR. They were thinking about the four by four. So hard to tell if that was really a full effort. I I'd like to think that it wasn't from maybe a, a their anchor leg because he knew he had two more big events, um, and they showed up in those events and did really well too. So so from Concordia, uh, it, it was the team of Adair, Adair, Benz, and Connolly. Those that's who's listed. Now Dan Adair from. Concordia is the top returner in the open 800. He was the only non-senior last year, I believe, uh, to medal in the open 800. And so it kind of makes sense. Maybe they let off Connolly, who wasn't actually their fastest guy, but he ran the right. fastest split. And then they they held, uh, you know, kept kept one one in the chamber with Adair, and and he just ran enough to win. And they brought him back, and we'll we'll see how they did in the DMR as we get as we get deeper into our. Uh, into our recap here, but yeah, certainly I think Connolly and, and Dan Adair could be individual qualifiers this year out of a pretty tough regional at, uh, I think it's the Marion regional now. When mm -hmm. I was in high school, it was the Wayne regionals. It, there's a high school in Fort Wayne called Wayne. That's how we do Wayne it Wayne in Fort Wayne. Yes, it's called Fort Wayne Wayne. Do you know what their mascot is? The generals. It's named the Fort after Wayne, Wayne generals. Yes, it's named after General Mad Anthony Wayne. Wait, and that's your, and that's your Fort Ants? Wayne history. The, the Fort Mad, Wayne yes, Mad Ants. Yes, so the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Here we go. This is not the miscellaneous minute, but this is this is what people really tune in for. The Fort Wayne Mad Ants are named. It's the 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 D League, the G League team. Basically, the NBA is like minor league. There's a team in Fort Wayne called the Mad Ants, and they're named after. Mad Anthony Wayne. That's what it comes from. Do you know what the dance team is called? I'll give you a million dollars. The 
the Fort Wayne Mad Ants dance. Yeah, so team. yeah, so the Pacers are the Pacemates, right? The Laker girls. Um, Do you know what the the Fort Wayne dance team's name is? Mad something. The Madam Ants. <laughs> wow. This is this should be they're really going for it. Yeah, this should be the new thing. There's every every podcast has some sort of fact about the city of Fort Wayne. Madam Ants. The Madam Ants. Zach Zach Lowe has written about that in his column. That he that he loves that because Zach Zach you and I are big NBA guys. Zach Zach Lowe is just into all things frivolous in terms of the NBA because he's so serious right. most of the time. Uh, speaking of Fort Wayne. Well, that's the boys. We'll do the girls first. Um, and the girls four by two, the team of Burdine, Crook, Smith, and Harris. That is Kaya Crook. This was one of her four events. And Heritage Christian ran 145.67. Right behind Heritage Christian was Bowman Academy in 145.90. And then nearly a six-second gap back to Edgewood. So they had to look six seconds is, I mean... That's, it's that's like it looks away. like the whole straightaway in a in an indoor 200 meter indoor track. The boys side much closer. Now this is kind of a Fort Wayne area school. Cherubusco Turtle Town, one thirty three seventeen. Cherubusco does have a uh, a returning all stater in the four hundred that probably helped them on the four by two and the four by four. They were uh, less than a half a second in front of Chatard. So Cherubusco one thirty three seventeen. I'd like to read the names of their boys that ran, but none are listed. Uh, Chittard, 133.59, and then West Lafayette, 133.68. So West Lafayette, you know, they scored 12 points there, but they were very close to 20 and potentially could have knocked Chittard back a few points there as well. We'll talk about that when we get into the team score. You are, uh, you are a licensed accountant as well as uh, a, a teacher, and we were kind of going through the math that, these meets are with the relay points double. It's a lot closer than it might seem at the end. Just looking at the score, right? Yeah, just in this this one particular meet, the way the scoring goes with the relays being double and uh, having that 2016-12 for the first three places, even some of the ones further down the list. But a lot of these teams are, you know, battling back and forth in the different relays and especially the ones that are tightly contested you could finish a couple places up or back and maybe against a team that you're battling for a, you know, a top team position with. And it's, it's pretty quick uh, the way things can get switched around uh, point wise. So definitely kind of saw that, even though it may look like it was uh, certain teams were farther apart, things could have gone slightly differently and may have had a different result on the team side. So in the girls' DMR, it was Burbuff. They went 1-4 in the 3,200. And I imagine those were their 12 and 1,600 legs here. That's 70% uh, of the relay, right? That's basically all it is in the DMR. Yeah, Burbuff had – they let off uh, Madeline Keller. Oh, okay. Um, so Keller's not listed. Yeah, so I guess not listed, but she – Madeline Keller let off um, and – Rebuff on the in the girls DMR they led the whole you know from from the beginning uh, she took the lead a few laps into the twelve hundred leg and then got some separation and then they never looked back uh, 
they did run you you had mentioned those two girls from the 3200 who had scored Kendall and Emily ended up coming back and those were their 800 Emily ran the 800 I believe and then Kendall was their um the anchor of their DMR running the 1600 so so I wonder when you send the names and you need to send in eight names and then pull from that pool of eight names but as we're looking through some of these names with athletes who we're familiar with for instance, we, we would tend to be familiar with more kids from the area. Mm-hmm. Now, if you coach at a school that's got 150 boys on the team, that's about all the brain space that you have. So you probably don't know what boys or, or girls from other schools look like. Um, but it sounds like Burbuff's names don't necessarily line up with this. And I wonder, the names I read for Concordia's four by eight, I wonder if they listed all eight in alphabetical order and then at the table, when you check in, they don't ask which four are going to run. So just the first four listed are the ones that are going to run. And so, for instance, Concordia won. Well, let's go through the other ones. Burbuff won 1257. Concordia girls second in the DMR 1318. And Cord Central uh, third in 1322. On the boys' side, Concordia boys won. They ran 1044. That would have been good enough for seventh at the big school meet. And the team that's listed, again, is... Adair, Adair, Bentz, and Connolly, and those are names that are pretty high up alphabetically, and we noticed that those were also the same four names in the four by four, even though it is a small school, I mean, they're, they're a, a small school and how it's defined here, um, I wonder if those aren't necessarily the four boys that ran the four by eight, the DMR, and the four by four, right? Yeah, I'm not positive, but I think, um, and, and I was, we had a boys DMR that was a little bit back behind Concordia, not positive, but I think that they, the four by eight team was pretty much the same DMR team. I didn't okay. pay as much attention to the but maybe it wasn't four later four, on the meet. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't in our, um, in our heat that uh, we had a boys relay in a different heat, but I'm pretty sure that those boys may have actually ran those three events at least the two distance events i think they had the same um four guys running both the four by eight and the dmr so, so i know i know that their their lead off and their 12 and 16 leg were both in the four by eight so i think those might have been the four those four same guys concordia runs 1044 and burbuff ran 1054 hanover central third and 1101 you were there right indiana runner we yeah. got we got boots on the ground but they're it's your boots ground. So as, as wearer of said boots, how did Concordia beat Burbuff by 10 seconds? Burbuff has got, two of the top five guys in the state on the two most important legs. So what happened? They, they did. Yeah. I, I, I think that, I mean, would have to, you know, can't say for sure. This is just speculation and of course, but I think that the 3,200 possibly took a lot. I mean, they, those guys ran a pr- pretty fast time, pretty honest effort in the 3,200. Uh, three of their legs, Brabuff's legs on the DMR ran, you know, 927 or faster in the 3,200 earlier in the meet. So I think maybe while you might've expected, okay, if they were fresh, I'm sure they would have ran a lot faster, but I think that doubling back for them ended up being maybe a little bit tougher of a task than they thought. I mean, I know that, you know, those guys are all, all state level guys, but even on our team, um, 
we had two boys who doubled back in the DMR and it was challenging for them. It was really challenging. They hadn't done it yet um, in any of the indoor meets that we have had this year. So I, you know, maybe had an expectation of what they might do and they gave it their best effort, but it was, it was difficult for them to be able to perform well in that second event. So I think that the 3,200 and, and running a kind of a faster 3,200, not like a tactical one um, for the most part made it tough for some of those guys coming back and they ended up just getting a gap and, you know, and the Canover central was, was actually up in the mix leading um, for a decent amount of that relay. Um, but Concordia caught them and ended up having a pretty big gap by the time that the anchors were running uh, those top three spots were kind of situated. And there was a, a pack of, you know, three, four, five teams behind that. So I've, I don't know how much I've talked about on the podcast, but I've often said how hard it is to, for distance runners to double. And even in years where, where at Carmel, where we've had star distance runners, like you got to think about that going into the tournament that you can't just, it's, it's not like, it's not like having a, a star, like, like uh, Burbuff has John Colquitt and he's really good at both hurdles and he can long jump and he can run a relay and you can just kind of plug him in wherever and he's going to do each event as well as he would if that was his only event, right? He might even do the second and third events better because he's just kind of warmed up and less nervous. But in distance running, it's really, really hard. And I think this is a great example of that, that on paper, Verbuff's four best guys in the DMR compared to Concordia's four best guys are way better. But it was Concordia that won that event. Yeah. But I also think I also wouldn't want to sell Concordia short because, like you said, I mean, we think of Burbuff and they they were the state champions in cross country. But I look at the Concordia boys, and you know they're they're making it to the state meet every year. They won cross country a couple years back, and some of those guys were on that team, and um, they've got a couple studs too. I mean, their top two guys, like you said. You know, they had the fastest returner in the open eight um, this year. And then they've got another guy who I think has ran 420 probably in the 1600. So even, you know, fresh while well, Rebuff is is a great team. I think that would be a close race anyways. Right, um, right. In a DMR, especially it's not a, you know, cross country. That was cross country. But I think in a DMR, it would be close between them anyways, possibly. Um, so, I mean, 10, 1044 was pretty impressive. I do think that that 32 having those three legs run the 32 was probably hard. And right. you brought up an interesting point about doubling. And I think that my opinion on it maybe will change over time and continues to change, but it, it's really tough. I, I feel like it almost depends on so many different factors, what the race is, distance is, uh, who the athlete is, their age, their training experience, uh, what the weather conditions are like. It just feels like there's so much that goes into it. I know um, athletes that have been able to double or triple and run distance runners and run really well, pretty much every time, no matter what. And I also know others who are really accomplished, but they really had trouble coming back in a second event. Um, and it seems like there's a lot of, I mean, and I, I think about co- collegiate runners and a lot of them, especially it's, if it's a 
championship type meet, a conference meet or something, or running multiple events um, and doing it at a high level. And I think that the toughest part about trying to double or triple as a distance runner, there's definitely a physical component, but I think it's probably a mental component too, and just preparation. Um, because when you go into a race, you're preparing that lead up 48 hours before whatever it is, and you're fresh, you're ready to go for that race. That second race, maybe you have an hour to prepare for it. And when you're walking up to the line, you're thinking, oh, my legs feel terrible. I'm so tired. I'm dehydrated. All those negative thoughts. Um, and that's a tough situation to deal with, especially as a high schooler or somebody that hasn't been in that situation before. So I think it's tough, something that definitely you can improve at as a distance runner. But just like it's tough for distance runners to be able to learn how to rate to push themselves over a long period of periods of time, I think kind of doubling back in events is something that you could get better at, I, I think. Um, but a lot of times you don't have to do it that much anyway. So, yeah. And I think with the more important the meet, the harder you're going to end up running. Right. So yeah. you run, everybody runs harder at this, even if you go into every race with the goal of running as hard as you can and your coach has instructed you to do that because you go to Carmel high school and that's just a standard, but like you just, you're going to run harder at the state meet than you do in the sectional or your conference meet or the HSR and the HSR meet is by far the most important meet these athletes have run this season. And we've talked about on previous podcasts, it's like, yeah, at the state meet, you have more rest than you get at the sectional or the regional or your conference meet. So we say, yeah, double the rest, but quadruple the emotion. And I think, yeah, you nailed it. Like just the mental aspect of that can be really, really challenging. And you go into the line in that second one. I mean, the, the best example of this would be last year and you got into like weather conditions and, you know, it might be, it might be 45 and super windy, or it might be 90 degrees. And I've, we've, we've both seen both of those things at tournament meets sometimes like in consecutive weeks. Right. And, uh, I, you know, my last, first thought was the state track meet last year and, and, right. and how 90. hot it was and how tough that had to have been to come back, which some people did it, but others had a lot of trouble in. Well, and then I'm not, you know, I mean, those are really challenging conditions in the boys 1600, the top three individuals were, I don't know that they were necessarily serious contenders in their secondary events, but there were certainly contenders, you know, to, to score, to medal, to be all state. And none of the three of them even finished their second event. And I don't think any of us would accuse any of those three boys of not being mentally tough. I mean, when it's right. 90 degrees and you've run yourself into exhaustion to come back an hour later is it's a pretty tall task. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. give, give Concordia boys credit because the, you know, the Burbuff boys ran the 3,200, but Concordia ran the four by eight, which was intermediate. It was in between those two. Right. I don't know. I mean, does the, does the 3,200 take more out of you than the four by eight? I suppose maybe it does because it's a longer distance, but it's not like they just ran a leg on the four by one and they're in the 800. They, they ran themselves into exhaustion on that. Well, most of them. Right. Yeah. On the, uh, the last event then was the four by four. We've talked in other podcasts about how the order has changed. The DMR and the, the four by four flipped recently. And it was a sweep. Chatard wins the girls 406. That was the team of Duncan, Bell, Sawinski, and Stickle. 
West Lafayette second, 411, and Wheeler third, 414. On the boys' side, Chittard again, 330, Manchester second, 331, and West Lafayette third, also in 331. So a really close finish in that race. I do remember seeing that. That race happened right as we kind of got there for the big school race. Chittard is always good at the sprint relays. I mean, they often make the state meet, especially on the girls' side and, and the 4 by 4 Yeah, they have, I mean, they have a great track team both boys and girls, uh, we have the pleasure of getting to race against them, the opportunity of getting to see them a lot. And they, I mean, showed up well. Their boys ran awesome, both sprints and distance. Uh, so that was cool to see. And then their girls, you just mentioned their four by four uh, team. And that time I think was uh, third or fourth, I think fourth fastest yesterday, 406, including both the big school and small school. So I know that their, you know, their boys won the team title and we could kind of talk about that, but their girls um, were probably, I didn't look at all the times and seedings and that, but I'm sure their girls were going to be in the mix to do that as well. They had um, quite a few athletes. I'm not exactly sure with spring break when that lies for them, but I think due to spring break, a lot of their girls and one of their distance boys as well um, didn't compete. And so they did have a crew that four by four. I don't know if it was their four best girls um, or not, but 406 is pretty awesome. Uh, and I'm sure that they would have been in the mix on the on the girls' side to try and compete with Heritage and and Brebuff girls and some of those girls that were up teams that were up there towards the front if they had their full uh, lineup for that meet. Right. So the the Chittard girls were seated. Like we, we considered that in our preview podcast to be the least competitive. Oh, it's a total runaway with Chittard. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of them are on either spring break or there's some sort of like trip. A lot of them are in Europe, apparently. Um, so on the girls side, Heritage Christian, who was seated second, was right there to take advantage of that. Certainly Kaya Crook, the freshman, um, a big reason for that. She's, you could attributed 33 points to her. And that's the, the traditional splitting the relays up four ways, which is mathematically the way to do it, but value-wise, certainly the, her replacement value is a lot lower, right? She's worth, if they win a relay and you take her out, they may not have scored anything. So she may really be worth 20. Um, Heritage Christian, 59. For Buff Girls, a close second with 50. And Wheeler then, 39. West Lafayette, 38. Concordia Girls, 32. On the boys' side, Chittard did win, so they were a little shorthanded, but they won pretty convincingly. Chittard, 67, Concordia boys, 50, and that may have just been those three relays, right? They won two distance relays, and they were right. fourth in another, so double in the that. four by four. Yep. Yeah. Um, Burbuff boys, very close to Concordia. Burbuff was 47, so really the difference between second and third there comes down to the DMR. Concordia beat Burbuff in the DMR. And that's that's the difference for second. West Lafayette boys uh, fourth with 42 and Cherubusco fifth with 41. Yeah, some may, may not look that close, but I think some of those team races could have gone either way for the most part. Um, maybe other than the Chittard boys who, you know, 17 points over Concordia, they kind of, the Chittard boys, they nailed all the relays. Um, they scored, I think, 36 points between the four by two and the four by four. And then 
were third in the four by eight and then ran pretty much the same team, came back later on in the meet and uh, finished fourth in the DMR. So they got a ton of relay points in all four of those relays and uh, picked up some points in the 60 uh, hurdles, I believe, and one of the jumps, long jump, I think, as well. So they kind of were the class of the field on the on the boys' side on Saturday, but that girls' race was pretty close. Heritage with 59, Brabuff with 50, and um, maybe could have gone either way. Heritage really got a lot of help from, from Kaya, and then also those girls that, um, you know, if she wasn't on that four-by-four, four, uh, those girls picked up 10 valuable points at the end of the meet, and I don't think she was on that relay, so really impressive for them to run 416 without her on it and and finish fourth in that relay and end up getting the, the team title on the girls side and the buff girls with 50 had some real strong distance events and then picked up some other you know had the shot put winner as well and long jump so getting it done on the track and the distance side also and the jumps and yeah, some track, field events as well so track and field that's right track and field there have been years where I've been frustrated and I said it should be track or field. You got to pick. <laughs> then we had two really good pole vaulters and I was like, no, track and field. Uh, wow. What a, what a weekend. What a meet, right? Yeah, it was exciting. I think the many coaches and athletes, parents would say that it was just great to have that meet back again at IU. There was a lot, a lot of people there excited to watch it and just having the opportunity, getting kids the opportunity to get to race indoors is exciting because uh, especially for those who are new new to track or who are younger it just gets a help gets them motivated one of the things that we talk about uh, occasionally is how difficult the track scheduling is and with well, spring yeah. break uh, yeah. it's hard to you know come up with training plans and keep athletes motivated so they'll you know run over break and train over break and I think that in the, the indoor season and the, the HSR series uh, is just a really cool opportunity for them to get some momentum um, going into to spring break for a lot of teams or coming out of spring break for a lot of teams as we we uh, kind of head towards towards the outdoor uh, portion of the season. So yeah, just exciting all, to be back. We all thrive off competition and, and getting, you know, yes, there's occasionally a a trip to Italy as we all do from time to time, but like just being able to get all of the best kids together to compete was huge. And then we can, you know, it takes that to see, to see what, what everybody can really do. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday between the two events. All right, real, real quick, miscellaneous minute. This wasn't in the rundown. I didn't prep you. James Harden trade. James Harden goes from Brooklyn to Philadelphia, yeah. Ben Simmons, or at least Ben Simmons contract goes from, Philadelphia to Brooklyn sounds like now he's not going to trade was this is this good for both teams bad for both teams is this bad for basketball give me give me 60 seconds on the Ben Simmons James Harden trade great for basketball the NBA is now a 24 hour you know news cycle 20 12 months of the year uh they're making things interesting I follow the NBA pretty closely and it's more, I, I mean, I love watching basketball, but a lot of it is the, the drama, the trades, free agency, all that. So it was it, the reason why I think it was good for both teams is just because neither one of the players involved were going to, or wanted to, or were going to play for the team that they were on. 
So if, if they were maybe going to keep playing for the team that they were on, I think it's a totally different question. But given that they didn't want to play for the team they were on and now they're willing to play for the team that they were traded to, uh, well, one, one I think the is. trade was worth doing. Well, one has so far, but uh, I would assume the other would as well. So I think both sides are happy with, uh, with that trade. And I was excited about it because I love any time that uh, things get shaken up. Yeah, in the league transactions that's what we like right more so than the games we like moving teams free agency yeah. and trades yeah i can think back to uh you know july some july 4th and years pa- past and uh being at the cowan family pool and uh the hearing about the kevin durant to the warriors and gordon hayward to the celtics uh i think in consecutive years amongst a ton of other trades free agency moves uh those are a lot of things that stand out when it comes to NBA, just as much as the games. Well, speaking of the games, real quick, who wins God, the title? UNC Duke. UNC Duke is coming up. People are going to be excited about that. Oh, my gosh. And Krzyzewski's last year, of all things. That's college, though. Who cares, right? All right. Who, who wins the NBA title? of Americans. What was your question? Who wins the NBA title? One pick right now. Oh, no. Oof. Uh, There's 30 teams. The Warriors get it done. War okay, you know I I had Scott and I picked our finals, but we've never picked our champions. So I guess we're gonna save that, save that for later. Well, thanks for coming on. You you were a you were an NAIA All American marathoner, straight to the Carmel coaching staff. We enveloped you in our Carmel cocoon, and you emerged a glorious butterfly. And I am your big I am your biggest fan. You know that. And we're out here, Andy. We're on these streets. We are. Yeah. Streets of Hamilton County. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and to everybody out there, coaches, athletes, fans, et cetera. Uh, Hope you guys have a great outdoor track season. Looking forward to seeing how well everybody runs uh, the rest of the season. Yep. Go Hounds.